Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's me, Simon Cardi, with Matt Perslow. Hello. And Jesse Gomez. Hey there. Hello. Well, you're looking smiley today, Jesse. What's what's the problem? You're, you're just <laughs> always able to put a smile on my face right before the podcast begins, Cardi. Oh. It's because well, your I face looks to. mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, uh, I try to please wherever I go. Um, June's here, isn't it? That's come around quick. Getting mm. on. Uh, that means E3 is very close. Um, it's actually next week, isn't it? Yeah. That has snuck up on me. I don't know if it's snuck up on you, because you probably be doing a lot of work around it. But for me, it's snuck up quickly. <laughs> uh, Yo, I've been in prep mode for at least a week now. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm ready, but at the same time, I'm excited. Because it feels like last year we didn't really get a proper E3, did we? Not really. So, was that a no. digital only as well? There but wasn't, it wasn't there E3. There was just no E3, yeah. Oh, like, right. it wasn't called that. There was, yeah. it was the, pl- the platform holders. Cases. Yeah. I mean, obviously, E3, for everybody at home, they're actually mm. seeing the platform holders rather than E3 because E3 is a big building with stuff inside yeah. it that we have to report <laughs> yeah. on. Um, but this is the first year, really, that E3 feels like a proper event for everybody, not just people that turn up to the building. Exactly. It's exciting there. There's a lot to see. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, first, an update. I'm sure some people will have realised it's only five weeks until episode 600, which also seems to have come around very quickly. It does not seem almost two years ago that we were doing podcast 500. That live is really in crazy. A sweaty room. Uh, <laughs> as you can probably understand, we won't be doing anything in a sweaty room uh, this time because even if we were allowed, I don't feel like you know. It's not the right time to hold yeah, a big I'll, event, is it? I, I don't feel like people would feel comfortable coming. So what we're going to do is we will do a live show at some point, whether that's at Christmas time or like this time next year for like six fifty. Like we'll do something. We'll do a live show because we enjoy doing them. Um, but we will the week of podcast six hundred have a special episode of sorts. We haven't done it yet. We're not one hundred percent sure what it's going to be. We we have a strong idea what it's going to be. And I guarantee it's something that at least I'm going to say 60% of our listeners will enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, but, I, that's a high percentage, in my opinion. <laughs> really? Yeah. We, go, we can go lower? I don't know. It's, you know, we're doing a lot of bonus. Maybe over the next course of a few weeks, we'll tease what it is. We won't mm. give away completely what it is until close to the time. But, you know, if you have listened to our podcast and maybe certain spin-offs of our podcast, it may be something that you might be interested in but who knows uh it's all up in the air at the moment uh well it's almost kind of set in stone it's the opposite but we're just (laughs) teasing it slowly but um anyway let's talk about what we have been doing because that's more interesting than talking about things we haven't done yet uh operation tango is a game when it was first announced a couple of months back i think in a playstation blog post i was like this looks like it's for me it's free on P- PS Plus this month, so... Only for PlayStation 5 users, unfortunately. Only yeah. for PlayStation 5 users. Fantastic confirmation there from that person. This is why he's the news hound. The <laughs> wolf at the door, as we call him. Um, <laughs> we've been playing this game together, Matt. We are... I think there's about six missions in total, you said, and we've yeah. done four of them. Mm-hmm. We just did the fourth mission at lunchtime. This is... 
I'm personally finding it a very fun game. It's slightly complicated. <laughs> and stressful. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a... So the premise is it's a co-op game, and it's only co-op online because the whole premise is you don't see the other person's screen. It's very much like Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, if you've played that at all. I don't know if you know that game, Jesse, at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know that game, it basically someone's a bomb diffuser and the other person has the manual to diffuse the bomb, so you're giving them the instructions. And it's very tense, and to you know, you've got to play those sort of games with someone who doesn't frustrate you easily. I think <laughs> otherwise, friendships will be ruined. Luckily, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm speaking myself. Matt doesn't frustrate me. I don't. <laughs> Are you sure? Not after today's session, which well, in which case, know. I was unable to explain to you what I needed you to do. <laughs> <laughs> we got there in the end. Look, yeah. we we didn't get a game. Actually, we did get a couple of game overs, but you know, yeah. we didn't get many. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, but, the premise. Is yes, of Operation Tango is similar to Keep Talking Nobody Explodes, except one of you, in this case, I've been playing the agent or the spy character, and Matt has been the hacker. Oh. And we so work you together. You yeah, exactly. yeah, we work together to try and solve... Uh, solve, mis- solve mysteries doesn't seem the right way. There's a mission with an objective, and we have to work together to find it. And I'm, yeah, I'm the guy that sits back at HQ doing all the Matrixy stuff, and Cardi gets to be in the actual... Are they exotic locations? I don't know what these locations Sometimes, look so like, yeah, really. Yeah, you haven't even seen on my screen. Like A couple of them have just been like high-tech facility buildings. Mm-hmm. One of them was on mm-hmm. like a South African like modern train, which was quite cool. That was quite a nice setting, quite sunny. It almost feels weirdly, like in my bits anyway, I don't know how, because I don't know how your screen looks for this <laughs> game. It feels like a game that's almost... I don't know if they originally built it with VR in mind. It feels like almost right. a VR game at so times. This is a question I was going to ask you, because I, I genuinely don't know. Is it a first-person game from your perspective? Yes. Yeah. Right. This okay. is amazing how you guys don't know like yeah. the other side, like <laughs> at all. That is mad. So from your perspective, it's a bit like it's a 3D level game. It's like a first person, for lack of a better term, like a first person shooter, but without the shooting, right? And you're exploring environments. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, I'm in essentially a computer and I've got windows that I can open. And I've seen bits of what Cardi can see because I can access security cameras in levels. Oh. And so I can pan around, but they are in very small boxes and in black and white and very film grained up. So, so you're in like the Tron world or something. Yeah, exactly. So that you open sick. these windows, but they're all linked with kind of like the windows are in like a 3D space with lots of kind of the way I explained it to Cardi was, you know, when the PlayStation 2 boots up. And oh, yeah. You get, you get like the lots of translucent uh, cubes that float around on that screen. This is getting me very excited. I know. I <laughs> thought you'd like this, your PlayStation 2 hands. That's what my world, in inverted commas, looks like. It's like floating bricks and stuff like that. Yeah. And when you open the right bricks, you go to Windows like a, on a PC. That sounds and I perfect can see things. VR. Just the way you described yeah, it already. Yeah, probably. And so my thing is, is so if Cardi needs to get in an elevator, like if, or should I say, the agent needs to get in an elevator, I'm the one that can like open them up, send them to the right floor. Mm. I can. There was a mission we were playing where um, Cardi needs to get on a specific computer, but needs to be at, given access, and I can assign him off. Like I can look through the employee database. And I can assign like a character to him, so we're yeah. now using false IDs and stuff like that. So that's what my role is. Yeah, it's very, it's very fun. Like this is my sort of game. I like puzzle games, and I love it. any excuse to play a co-op game. I'm into mm. it. Um, so I think each level takes between thirty to forty-five minutes, roughly, mm-hmm. is what we've done. So you've probably got about four to five hours 
to play through the game, but that's only on one side. So you basically got two games in it. So yeah, more like eight to ten, really. Um, is it um is it a continued story? Or can you just jump between missions whenever you want? It's a continued story, so you have to do them in order. I mean, story is a very loose term. Like, there's not okay. like a, a gripping narrative. You're basically just doing individual <laughs> like spy missions. Yeah, there is an overarching villain sort of character though that we've stumbled into, which maybe of interest to you, Jesse. His name is Cipher. <laughs> so cool i loved it as soon as you start explaining it's like matrixy and like tron-esque yeah. it's like there has to be a cipher involved. for anybody that yeah, doesn't well, get is this a joke cipher hacker. <laughs> yeah for anybody that doesn't get the joke uh jesse's uh username is generally cipher hacker so he is the bad guy of this i just, video I just game want to playing. i just want to yeah. clarify that is i made that when i was in year seven for psn <laughs> everything else is as you would expect if you follow me online but <laughs> okay it is now anyway yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but yeah the, i think the thing that we've discovered that we quite like it there's a lot of variety and i'm not saying it's quite it takes two in the fact that it's co- constantly coming up with new mechanics but mm. it is on a similar path they're obviously not they don't it's not a high budget game it's very much an indie style project yeah. but every mission has been a different type of setting like one was on a train and it was about kind of trying to find someone on the train yeah. and i got a set of, like sets of data that I could tell Cardi, and Cardi could use that to try and find the person on the train. Is there um, is there like one set path for like each mission? So mm-hmm. it's- yeah, it's quite linear. Okay, right, right. But what I don't know is, and I'm wondering, and I assumed it maybe would like because we, we haven't gone back and replayed any missions. Like I imagine they maybe mix up the puzzles within them, so it's not the same solution every time. So like, mm-hmm. there's puzzles which I'm sure like. I don't know, like, there's one where we have to stop a train, you have to do a certain combination of things in order. I'm sure that order is mixed up each time. Yeah. But, like, like the the way you get to your... Sorry? The way you get to your objective, Cardi, is Mm -hmm. that, like... Are there opportunities like, can I go left, can I go right, can I crawl through here? Not really. There's not really any side stuff or choice. It's pretty much do this, do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like, it's not the sort of game... Maybe once you've played it through once on both sides, you're not going to replay it over and over unless you want to play it with someone new who hasn't played it before because mm. that is the downside of these games. You do need someone to play it with. You can't play it by yourself at all. Yeah. You can't even play it local co-op. You have to have separate PlayStations online to play it with. Is it particularly but, difficult then from just like both of your has, sides? Yeah. So it has <laughs> been at time. Like, I will give it that. Like, Maybe like the first mission is pretty like it's tutorial essentially. Like you're like, okay, I get this, it's pretty simple. There's no real stress to it, not much time limit. The most recent stuff we've been doing, it's very like it's stressful. Like yeah. it's yeah. To I, a I time, can like, I can visualize like Matt's job and how that could be difficult, but in terms of Cardi, you as the agent, like what are you actually how are you interacting with the map? Like what kind of puzzles are you coming across? Uh, it's different it's, from mission to mission and it's different yeah, from like yeah. the start of the mission to the end of the mission like i say the variety is really good mm. and also it does flip the tables a bit so for example in the mission that we were just playing cardi w- were you using a computer to help me hack so yeah i was at a com- i was at a computer oh, terminal that had like five different computers i could use for different stages while you were sat behind me in like a matrix style machine kind of plugged in (laughs) so you were kind of inside the server as a yeah yeah all you were to me was a yellow circle for that whole mission (laughs) it's Uh, it's so but the other thing that i do quite like about it is that it doesn't really tell you you get like a rough sort of thing like you've got to get this key like you, you are looking for a data key yeah but it doesn't really explain how the mechanics work so a lot of it is just kind of like 
and quite often you're on a timer oh so it's like to, timed throughout the, the mission yeah a lot of it is timed yeah. and like i would be shit or, at this game i want to play it i would absolutely panic <laughs> but that's the thing you need clear communication and you need <laughs> the, the the hardest thing is like because like it's that sort of thing where i'm seeing something and I'm going right. So if you turn left, but my left is not a Matt's left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like and you have to like almost say like, oh, in this room is there a wall that's a blue color? Okay, <laughs> so let's call that north. Okay. <laughs> and like sometimes it's not even as simple as that. Like sometimes just I'll get a window that comes up, and I have to explain like there are five boxes in this window, and some of them have got what look like ladders on them. Some of them yeah. have got what look like smiley faces. And then Cardi has to figure out what from that information that corresponds to in his yeah. world. Mm. And then we figure out how those two link together. And a lot of the time it'll just be me going, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then I've done it. And, <laughs> and like, Matt's probably just wondering, I don't know what the hell he's yeah. done there or what he's worked <laughs> out. But we're through, so who cares? Are there, are there methods of communicating in-game that don't require a microphone? Or is that like an absolute necessity? No microphone. Uh, I no, think you I need to speak. I'm okay. fairly sure the main menu says you have to have your microphone yeah. turned on before it'll like even boot the game. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly fair because you would be fucked otherwise. Yeah, it's necessary. Um, but I think they do have a cool thing in game. Not that I don't know. It's a weird game to play with strangers, but it could be quite interesting as well. I think they do have a link on the main menu to like a place where you can find people to match up with if you don't have oh, something. So there is, like, like, a Discord server. And stuff. Yeah, no. I think it might link straight to a Discord. Yeah, and that's how you'd find someone else. Like, I say, it's it's important to remember. Like, this is quite a budget game. Like, I don't yeah. think it looks mm-hmm. bad or anything. Like, it's got a really stylized art style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like, but it's fundamentally a very low budget game. I just think what they've done is, I love games that are thrifty that use kind of like the small budget to the best of their effects. And yeah. I can't yeah. think of a game that with a budget this low that has done so well in yeah. recent memory. It has made me wanna play keep talking nobody explodes again mm-hmm. because i have it i think i have it on psvr i haven't played it in a long time okay. they do the mm. cool thing which is one person is the bomb diffuser in vr and the other person just has the tv screen as the manual so yeah. you can oh play that's really that. cool um i want to play that like i love these sort of games and there's there's not enough of those i think just pure co-op games like that like we've had it takes two recently we've had yeah. this it's good to see i'm well in so it. overall like high recommendation I'd recommend. Yeah, I'd recommend it a lot. It's very fun. Uh, not you know, and it's free if you own a PS5. So why not? Uh, oh, it's also got someone. a friends pass system. So if one of your friends has got it on PS5, but you've only got a PS4, I think you could get the PS4 friend pass and still play with them because it's got cross. Oh, so uh, it is available platform. on the PlayStation Four. Yeah, it's just yeah. not as part of the PS Plus subscription this month those bastards yeah. so you have to pay. but i'm pretty sure it's i haven't looked i'm pretty sure it's only like 15 pounds or so. like it's not yeah. an expensive yeah. game but yeah I, i'd recommend it a lot uh we haven't got to the end yet we thought the last one we did was quite a hard and we've got two <laughs> more levels to go so we'll see where that goes yeah. but uh, i wish i could it. see that live in action because that does sound <laughs> hilarious oh god if we did that as a live play that would be a mess <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a uh, little secret that is not what podcast 600 is <laughs> uh, but yeah it's very fun jesse you've been playing a game which i'd literally not heard of until you told me what it was this morning so what is this horror game with critters in it so this is a game that just released yesterday it's a little indie horror game it's called critters for sale and it can be described as a compilation of like five um short surreal horror games or horror stories rather and they're named snake goat monkey dragon and spider 
Um, and oh. each of these stories is set across different areas and locations. So, uh, for example, Snake is set in New York during 2033, um, whilst Goat is set in Jordan in 900. 923 AD so it's a bunch of different timelines here okay. and it's kind of like it's a mix of like a visual novel and a point and click you've got like puzzle solving and multiple endings throughout some of the story so it's basically an adventure game I guess if you just want to use that term but I think what stuck out to me is that like I was browsing Steam one day and I came across the demo for it and the thumbnail is what stuck out immediately because it has an image of Michael Jackson on it or rather it used to have an image of Michael Jackson <laughs> as the thumbnail like this really kind of creepy looking one bit like black and white Michael Jackson <laughs> image on the thumbnail. Um, so I downloaded it, and the only thing that was playable was the snake story. And I loaded it up, and it opens with Michael Jackson sending you a text at like midnight, um, asking him to meet him at this shady club in New York at like four in the morning. And you agree? What is this? What's going on No, it's absolutely it's absolutely bizarre. Like the best way I can describe it is if like you mixed like Black Mirror and the twilight zone but you took like a shit ton of like mushrooms or acid and like that's that's the stories it's, well, this is not what i thought it'd be it's, it's, well, it's, it's why do you always do this to us it's, <laughs> if if you've seen the horror game um world of horror then you kind of know what you might be getting into like a lot of these stories involve um like time travel like astral planes old gods like the the ending of worlds and stuff like that is it very well, creepy pasta then yeah its, yeah basically so, yeah. it's like it's honestly truly mad and aside from i guess like the overarching plot of the different stories what really stands out is the visuals they are really creepy in a way i haven't really seen a lot of games like mess around with there's like kaleidoscope-esque effects you have like shimmering characters and morphing faces and it's all really put on display really well on that first story with michael jackson which sounds so bizarre to say yeah i mean i'm gonna let you carry on for a bit but i do have multiple questions in my mind right now but yeah. uh... Um, but like it's like just boiling it down to like in a very simple term it is just like your kind of basic adventure um, puzzle game essentially you know it's just point and click you're just going through talking to different characters and stuff like solving a few light puzzles but the main hook is these five short horror stories and they're so surreal bizarre and disturbing and it's not they're not too long but they do have like multiple endings so you'd want to replay them and it's only like I think seven quid and it's available on Windows on Steam. So if you wanted to experience them, the demo is out there. You could play the first story. It has like six endings to it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just mad. It's so okay. weird. Here are my questions. Okay. okay. One. <laughs> uh, where to start? Uh, <laughs> is it genuinely scary? Is I, it I a scary game? Which is I would. I mean, for me, it wasn't. I had my partner sitting next to me playing through the mm. first story. And they found it quite creepy and scary. And I just want to preface this. If you suffer from, like, epilepsy or something, stay far away from this game. Okay. Like, you, you're not <laughs> going to make it order. through, like, the main menu. Um, <laughs> just because of the visuals okay. and stuff. B, are these sort of, like, interlinked stories? Is there one big story connecting these together? There, It does have, like, an overarching theme. And because it's set across different time periods, they all do link up to each other. But you can play them in, like, separate ways and all the different endings do kind of connect with each other. Um, but yeah, there is, they have their own separate stories, but they do connect at the end of it, I guess. Okay. See, you've described like, what, what sort, is it like a 3D game? Like what sort of art style? N- so is it first person? I mean, you do play from a first person perspective. Like if you've ever played, you know, a visual novel or just a general adventure game, um, like you can kind of picture like, you know, you'll um, be standing in one particular environment. You can click on different things to talk to different characters or pick up an item and stuff. 
um, like you'll click on a staircase and be like, do you want to proceed? And then, you know, you'll go forth and whatnot. Um, it's, it's very basic in how it plays, but the obvious hook is just how downright bizarre and crazy it is. And I keep talking about the Michael Jackson story. There's four other stories to play that equally <laughs> as bizarre. Another one finds you in, um, I think, like going to like this doomsday casino and you have a timer. It starts at 10 and then the game actually finishes or that story finishes at 12 at night and that's like when the world is going to end so you're trying to solve this puzzle before that happens and does Mick Jagger turn up in that one <laughs> honestly there's a ton of like weird references to like other horror like creepy passes as well I think mm-hmm. and just like other bizarre things um, it's, just, it's so hard to describe and I don't want to talk about it too much because like what happens in these stories and how they can end is just so it's so mad and it's best experienced yourself. I had a look at the Steam page because I was intrigued by what you were saying and obviously I think that for anybody who doesn't know necessarily what one bit graphics are it's kind of it's black and white stuff that looks like it was made like printed off on you know the old uh, game boy printer you used to be able to get that's yeah. kind of the effect you get right it's very very simplistic kind of drawn with single pixels yeah yeah in black and white so it's got a very creepy kind of edge to it especially those like you say those lighting effects where it strobes yeah, and it's like, done very well. And what like sticks out because it's obviously not static. It's like it's all smooth, you know, sixty frames and stuff when you're playing it on your computer, and like just everything stands out. And how smooth it is it just adds to how like creepy the overall presentation is. It's just it's just downright bizarre. And you're like you're dealing with these like inhabitants that are like you know outside of Earth, and you're dealing with demons and like gods and stuff. And it's it's just crazy. I mean, Michael Jackson is in the game, like. Yeah, that's that's a very. Surely they've they not get got away permission from the Jackson estate. For that. No, no. I mean, what happens to Michael Jackson in that story, or what can happen to him, is crazy. Jesse, like, yeah. is it well, we legitimately? Into, uh, no, is it legitimately sorry. Michael Jackson as in he's called Michael Jackson by name, or is it, is, it just the face? No, no, it's, it is Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson <laughs> sends you a text saying, "Come to this club at four a.m. because I need to talk to you." And you can, you can yeah, I'm not doing yeah. that. No one's doing that. Like, you can, the thing is, you can that? ignore the text, and you know that will lead you I down would. another yeah, path and stuff. You. Yeah, um, yeah. But the the hook is experiencing like this one timeline to get this one ending, and you're like, what's some of the other crazy shit I can experience if I try to go for like the other three or four endings during these stories? And like I said, it's it's not much of a long game, but I think for the price of seven quid, if you're into you know your surreal, creepy horror stuff, I think the presentation is quite unique. Um, gameplay is fairly simple like a few of the puzzles can be a little bit difficult um, but I think it's still worth checking out for such a cheap yeah. price as well I did just search to have a look and yeah the, I will confirm that art style is creepy I'm like yeah that. That is, uh, <laughs> yeah there's something quite uh, I don't know satanic about it all which some people find fun don't get me wrong <laughs> I, I like a good like a bit of I was about to say I like a bit of Satanism. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> have you uh, got, have you got intriguing. a boot on your windowsill holding up the fingers? Intriguing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that um, yeah, that's uh, another interesting one. It's the like sort of the indie game show today, isn't it? We're talking mm-hmm. delving deep. We've got another one to talk about, Matt. A game which I've actually you've got me very excited for. I saw, I think, uh, I don't know if it might have just been in Slack. I saw Tom Marks talking about it as well. Um, Mm-hmm. yesterday a new game called grifflands which you got me with the elevator pitch of slay the spire meets mass effect yep that's pretty much it um so grifflands has actually technically been around for two years in early access um it's oh, okay. from it's from a company called clay 
um, who always make very, very good games. So these are the guys behind Mark of the Ninja, behind oh. the old Shank games, behind... They did Don't Ox- Starve, didn't they? Yep, Don't Starve yep. is probably their biggest hit. Um, and then Oxygen Not Included, I think, is their kind of uh, oh, colony Invisible Ink as well. Yeah, I Invisible Ink. Like, and you'll probably notice from that roster of games, they make very, very different games each time they do, but there's always this constant bar of quality that runs through them. And also, they like cartoon art style. It's never the same art style from game to game, but they like 2D kind of very brightly coloured cartoon stuff. Yeah. Um, so Grifflands is their roguelike i suppose is the 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 starting point i must say it's i have not died yet in my run i think it's quite a God, forgiving one legend <laughs> i don't think it's because i'm legendary i just think it's because because it's a store a very story heavy um like rpg roguelike okay it's 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 being fairly kind to you because it would be very very frustrating to lose i think losing should be an important part of the run rather than just something you keep doing over and over right but to lay it out if anybody's played slay the spire they will understand what i mean by a deck building roguelike and it's that your all your combat stuff is done using a deck of cards so you'd have like let's say a deck of 40 cards and the start of each turn because it's turn-based combat you'll draw randomly draw five cards and that'll be what you can do that turn the thing about Grifflands is is because it is a science fiction RPG set in the easiest way for me to describe it is if you can imagine if Mass Effect was closer to Firefly than it than it is kind of okay. uh, Star Trek so it's much more mm. kind of Mandalorian style out on kind of rougher planets where everybody's kind of they're either aligned to the local kind of militia or yeah. they're part of a bandit group or you know your best friend runs the local bar which is where you can so, go and so, rest so and get a, your health it's back it's a dirty space game is that what yeah, you're saying yeah it's a dirty space game and the first character you get to play as is basically an adventurer for hire essentially a bounty hunter yeah um and the interesting thing about it is that yes you can fight your way through things which is your fight deck but you also have your negotiation deck which is mm. if you don't want to fight people if you want to as you would do in Mass Effect, talk to people, try and talk them down, you use your negotiation deck, which has completely different cards in it. And instead of taking damage from your health, you have what's called like your core argument, which is effectively your character's health. But if your core argument gets destroyed, if all of that health goes away, you don't die and you don't have to restart the run again. It's just that you've essentially run out of arguments. You can't argue with anybody anymore. So if you like lose your argument does that then Mm -hmm. result in you having to fight if you were stuck in a situation where then that person goes like you've not got a leg to stand on mate i'm just gonna stab you up now (laughs) then yes but that because it's an rpg there's lots of different ways of doing it but i find this two deck system is very very interesting so Mm. the fight system is kind of final fantasy or pokemon like in in presentation yeah you have like your enemy on the right side of the screen there's you on the left mm-hmm. you get party members so at the moment i've got a dog that's with me okay. and so the... it's almost a bit closer to did you play steam world quest or... yeah yeah there's definitely a little bit i think this is a much better rpg than steam world quest was mm-hmm. i was actually a bit disappointed by quest i know what you mean i found it a bit almost a bit too simple yeah yeah so this i feel has got because you've also got conversations that happen before like you've got mass effect like conversations it's not voiced it's not got that budget i should point out this game is 15 pounds and at the moment you can get it for like 12 because it's on like 
introductionary discount because it just went 1.0 today. Is it only on PC? It's on PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. Okay, and I just want to quickly play just... this on Switch. Mm-hmm. That does sound like a good shout, but just want to loop back because you mentioned the dialogue and stuff and yeah. you compare it to Mass Effect. But in terms of how dialogue takes place in the game, is it similar to, you know, Disco Elysium where you're trying, like, with these cards, are you, like, tackling different... It's no, so, okay. so what it is, is so when you go up and talk to people in the world, you'll mm. have a few kind of dialogue options that you want to do. Okay. Um, that would, that then basically is, imagine like Disco Elysium, you have kind of like their, their imagine like a text um, yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you're making text messages so your stuff comes up in bubbles on the left okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. theirs comes up in bubbles on the right if you need to let, an example I can give you is there's a mission where you have to help this woman stop a loan shark from taking their money and okay. so what you can do is either you can go over there and shank the hell out of them which is where you use your battle deck or you can use your negotiation deck to organise can you give them an extra week on their loan Right, so when you, is, sorry, when is you start like, using the, uh, I know what you're asking, and okay, I'm getting okay. around to it. Okay, <laughs> when you use the negotiation deck, it's not like you're using specific arguments because you've already made your argument okay, clear so at the start. Predetermined, yeah. Then. Okay, so right. you go in, and basically, there's the purple options in the dialogue for negotiation. There's orange options for fighting. Right. If you go in and you're like, "Hey, my friend wants an extra week on their loan. Can you do anything about it?" And then you choose to negotiate. It then goes into what is essentially a negotiation battle, in which case there are no actual because the amount of cards it would have to come up with because they'd have to be different for every single situation. Yeah. So it becomes much more abstract. Okay. But what you have there is it's only ever one on one, whereas right. combat can be multiple people on multiple people. Okay. Um, but like what you have is cards like decoy arguments, which are you know how in Hearthstone. If you don't want to take damage to your main character, you can play a card, which is a guard card, and therefore the Mm. enemy always has to attack that guard card and destroy that before it can then damage you. Right. Decoy arguments are a bit like that. You play a decoy argument, and it's essentially like like suddenly changing the topic in your debate and people then having to stop you from talking about that before they can get back to telling you that your core argument is shit um so it's got all of that and there are loads of interesting cards you can those cards are split up into like sweet talk and threatening kind of cards and so the threatening cards do more kind of base damage but the sweet talk cards are a little bit more sneaky Right, and okay. so if you could defeat them through them, they'll basically give up and just go, hey, all right, then I get it. I'll give them the extra week on the loan in this example. If you were to battle them instead, they always have kind of like a point where at 10% health, they'll just give up and then you can choose to murder them and get them out of the picture or let them surrender. Yeah. If you murder them, you'll always get like a special reward. Like maybe they could use a cool grenade and you now get right, to put okay. that into your deck. If you let them go, it does the telltale thing of they will remember that you fucked them up yeah, and they won't be your friend anymore because everybody in the world can be a friend or an enemy to you. Okay. And so if you annoy someone that is a trader, they'll start putting their prices up. So when you go and try and buy cards from them, they'll be yeah. just like, we're going to charge you 50% extra on everything because you ruined our day. Is that... Do they remember that over runs? Is that persistent? I don't or does know. It change? Because I've oh, not failed died. the run yet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's um, interesting. 
I, I have no idea. I'd imagine it would be fresh because I think the idea would be is like you'd learn, okay, on this run, I made friends with this person because sometimes it will be like you've got a choice to do a quest for this person or a quest for this person, but you can only do one of them okay, and the person okay. you don't do it for will get very upset with you. So okay. I think it must it must reset between runs because then you'd know, hey, I did it for this person, but I didn't like the bonuses I got from this person, so I want to try it for the other person. With with every encounter, have you always been presented mm-hmm. with the option to either talk or fight? Pretty much, yeah. You get when you take on a job, yeah. all the jobs are mostly given to you from like the main bar. It will tell you kind of on the mission screen, like, is this a negotiation or is this a, a battle situation? Mm. I get the impression that if the per- if the job is go and kill this person, like it's actually a bounty, yeah. I imagine it will probably try and suggest that you do that. But every single one I've done so far, I've always had the option to negotiate. And that even includes like a bandit finds you on the road because... So it has a world map, and that's how you get to different places. But as okay. you watch your character, almost like Indiana Jones style, walk around the map, you'll get halfway. A bit like if you've played Monkey Island, how insult yeah, sword yeah. fighters would just stop you halfway <laughs> through the map change, yeah. and someone will turn up. I have told bandits, please just go away. And because I won the negotiation, they just went away. <laughs> I'm into this a lot. This sounds like my cup of tea. Sounds like a perfect Switch game with the yeah. like mm. the Euros are coming the test cricket summer has just started having that on in the background while playing that yeah that, absolutely that sounds perfect to me any idea of like how long it is i know it's hard with a rogue yeah sort of i game. don't so i've just done the first boss and mm. there's days so like at the end of the day you'll go to bed and it'll reset all your health on both your argument and your character health okay. um but also when i killed the boss it unlocked the second campaign which okay. for as far as i know is set in the same world but the second campaign, you play an ex-spy, I think, who has a completely different storyline. But, but you're still continuing your first campaign, and they're still new. No, you can have two runs going at any one time. So as oh. long as you can have up to, there are three characters. So once you've unlocked the third character, you could have three runs going at any one time that are different right. characters. Okay. Okay. I'm into this a lot. I'm definitely going to... I might even download this today, seeing as it is out today. I've realised uh, it's taken me quite a long time to explain that, and it's it's one of those games where you don't realise how deep it is when you start playing, because no, it, it does just like... sounds interesting. Yeah. It we'll looks just like they say cards. this by a cost of Mass Effect, and it wins, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, we've, done yeah. it, we've done it already. And it's uh, 20% <laughs> off on Steam right now. Yeah. So I've got it on yeah. Steam. It plays obviously really nice on PC, as all card games do, but yeah, I think on anything, it would be a winner. I love this game so much. I've fallen for it so hard. No, nice. it does sound genuinely uh, it's fun. weird i feel like i did hear of it a while ago because like you said it's been in sort of early access for two sort of two years like mm-hmm. almost like a hades sort of deal yeah. like i feel like i have heard of it but at the same time i don't know why i wasn't into it if i had done because this mm. you know what like i think be. it might have been announced at like e3 as part of you know kind of like when platform holders will just have like oh and there's a little indie bit and so maybe oh, yeah. it was like pc gamer show or something like that but i can remember seeing it at whatever event it was and thinking that's exactly what i'm looking for and then just never playing it through its early access <laughs> and then yeah. i didn't realize how cheap it was going to be and it was like it's 12 pounds at the moment so I mean, bang on you, you waited to the go. right moment really mm-hmm. exactly well, that's enough games for now why don't we talk about some tv or what would you call it tv film let's talk let's call it art because that's probably <laughs> the only thing you can really call it Bo Burnham's Inside dropped on Netflix last Sunday. Week, I think it was, uh, yeah. And I, I've been a fan of his as well. I don't, I haven't loved everything he's done, but 
but I... You're talking about what? Because that, I watched what on Saturday. Yeah, what is The day before. And that has not, that has aged like bad milk. Some some (laughs) jokes have aged badly, but he kind of, do you know, he addresses that in his his more recent shows. Mm. I think Make Happy, his special, is very good, the one he did before Inside. And of course, he directed eighth grade which i know you particularly love mm-hmm. matt i, I yeah, enjoy that right. film quite a lot as well so is he primarily um, a comedian because i yeah I, I only watched promising young woman like maybe a few so weeks yeah. ago and i saw him in that and that was the first yeah, time i've ever seen he him he acts in that he's is it just, he's just an entity like he is primarily an artist yeah uh. he's a comedian slash musician i suppose you'd call him he started on youtube when he was like 16 i think right and that's okay. when he first got spotted um but yeah, he's mainly, I'd say, no for doing the yeah, like live comedy slash music shows. But mm. although he did stop about five years doing that, uh, okay. five years ago doing that. But his most recent special, if you haven't seen it already, is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. It's called Inside. It is filmed over the course of the past year during the pandemic. And I don't know... I've actually done much research to know if he did genuinely live in this one room for a whole house. Surely For not. a whole year while making... <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure he didn't. But it's that's a studio apartment, it. basically. It's yeah. a one-room studio apartment, and that man earns too much money to be living in that. Yeah. I, I'm sure he didn't, but still, the concept of it is is strong. Basically, he's in this one room for a year, and he's basically shot, written, recorded, edited this whole thing in this room by himself. Although I did look at the credits and it says other people did editing and stuff. So I don't know if that's all true, but um, basically it's this music, it's an hour and 20 minutes, like comedy slash music sort of weird thing for an hour and 20 minutes, which at times is funny. At times is just genuinely good music. Yeah. (laughs) And at times it's just deeply sad and (laughs) self-reflective. So it's, so it's an overall like musical, funny, deep experience. And I'm sure it's the sort of thing like with a lot of things, a lot of people just won't like what that sort of thing is instantly and turn off. Like, I I do remember talking about what the first time I really watched this stuff was what, and I did kind of turn off of it a bit because I found his voice very annoying. <laughs> but it's kind of, it's got less, uh, less high-pitched and whiny as years have gone yeah. on. I think, and the other so thing is, it. is like, what is incredibly, it's got elements of Edgelord to it because he uses mm-hmm. words in there that he knows he's not right. And I do right. like that there's a, there's a, is it, a, is it a song he does or is it just a, like a monologue that he does in Inside where he's talking about he recognises that as a younger man he just said offensive shit because he thought mm-hmm. it was funny and he understands now why. Yeah. That's the I introspective mean, stuff, which I think yeah, is very good. That's one of the more poignant moments of it is like him turning 30 during this pandemic and yeah, basically just self-reflecting on what has he done to this point, which I think we can all kind of relate to in some way. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just... There's not much more to say about it because I don't want to analyse it because that would do it a disservice, I think. It's just saying you watch and take in and, yeah, just I would recommend anyone are, watch it, really. Are, like, you you may not be into it, but... Are the, are the musical elements, like, similar to, like, Flight of the Concords kind of stuff, or is it... Uh, it's kind of yes, kind of no. Right. Yeah, it's more just weird. Like, it's a okay. lot of it's weird. Like, the Jeffrey Bezos song is very short, <laughs> but very good. Okay. <laughs> I think there's so what I'll say to anybody because it's not you know how a lot of uh, stand-up has kind of like a through thread where they start with an idea and it goes off on lots of tangents but ultimately Mm. the show yeah really the only core to it is just a man struggling with just being locked away for a year okay but that means that 
a lot of it kind of has an element of internet humor to it because obviously when you're locked away for a year we've all had to turn to the internet so from the moment like about 20 minutes into it when he starts doing uh, a section on brands and kind of like mm. the way that brands speak to the world which is really fun but cutting from that moment on it just becomes absolute like it's platinum grades comedy yeah you um, don't know what's coming that's like it goes yeah. from song to it's to be fair it's probably closer to a live album than anything it's pretty much wall-to-wall music how, how yeah. long is it hour like 20 an hour and 20 okay it's it's I, i'd recommend it a lot it's and he, there will be bits probably where you're like oh, i'm not into this bit but then the next thing that happen like it's moving so quickly that yeah. from minute to minute something new is happening that i haven't yeah. seen any of his stuff before like i've watched eighth grade i didn't realize he directed it um, and obviously Amorous, yeah, i think woman. Oh, yeah, okay. directed it. Yeah, so, but... yeah, watch this because this is unlike, unlike pretty much anything you'll watch. I think it's it's mm. it's fantastic. Um, speaking of more things, I just said that's one of the best things I've watched in a long time. Another one of the best things I've watched in a long time is Mayor of Easttown, which I deliberately waited so it finished last weekend. There were seven episodes in total. I deliberately okay. waited until last weekend so I could just binge it all in one go. Uh, and luckily, I managed to. F- avoid all all spoilers for it but if you don't know what Mayor of Easttown is it's a HBO show with Kate Winslet starring in it and she's basically a detective in a small Pennsylvanian town where something horrible has occurred and we've got to work out who did it it's one of those shows it's very much if you're familiar with Broadchurch the uh, British show it is basically Pennsylvanian Broadchurch in the in the best way possible it is largely bleak but what i will say is it's genuinely very funny at times um jean smart who plays kate winslet's mum in it is basically comedy really throughout and she's very good in it there's, yeah. there's smart like, just some, excellent in everything she's she's so good there's some she has some great like fart jokes and stuff <laughs> <laughs> like it shouldn't work but it does work very well like all the acting in it, it's just like proper premium hbo grade stuff and how long are the only seven episodes so but how long are they oh like 50 long? minutes 50 oh, minutes okay, to an cool. hour yeah uh so it's just very good and it's one of those where it's seven episodes hopefully one and done wrapped like they don't make anymore because it just finishes perfectly okay. in a great way and where a lot of these shows do maybe falter and when it's like a big old like who done it mm. like is the end and it's like uh everyone's disappointed whereas this just absolutely nails it and is so smart and quite heartbreaking in every way possible so you know if you want a bleak detective drama it's on now tv or sky yeah. Atlantic if you have that over here um yeah i honestly thought it was Very like a good. period drama because of the name because i haven't looked at anything you saw kate winslet and you thought it's a period drama i didn't even I'm know very... she was in it i just saw the name and i was like that sounds like some kind of english period drama or something but mm-hmm. it sounds far better than that no no it's a, it's a crime drama set in modern day pennsylvania uh but yeah can't recommend that enough uh uh, those are all our recommendations for things you may basically have missed. So, yeah, should we do an endless search? Why not? Inside is a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 on the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold up the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, on the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it endless search? I've got a quiz this week, and I thought I'd bring one back that we haven't done in a while. The Endless Starch. Do we all remember what the Endless Starch is? Genuinely, no. 
Okay. Oh, this well, is the I'm Portmanteau sure people... one, isn't it? Oh. No, 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 it's not quite that one. That's port... Well, that's Portmanteau Overwatch, so yeah. that's a different game. Uh, <laughs> Endless Starch is where I've got five different games here where I've changed one letter in the name of that game. And I've got a clue that hints to what that game is and what the changed name of that one is. So I think my example is always like uh, rodents like take on rodents in an open world Florida uh, game and that would be GTA My City for yeah. example mm-hmm. oh, so it's, shit. <laughs> there's only five of them so it shouldn't last too long <laughs> right, I, I mean I wrote this this morning I don't think they're too difficult <laughs> <laughs> but here we go and they're all like there's no obscure games and they're all big games okay is it so, just first to buzz in wins yep, yep. first to there's five of them best of five right, Matt, let's do it you got this <laughs> Okay, first one is <laughs> an assassin has a bad case of the runs and must make his way around an island to use eight different toilets before time runs out. Death poop? <laughs> it is death poop. Right. I thought Matt might get that one because yeah. he loves poop. No, he loves death poop. <laughs> it's childish. Uh, uh, that's that one was there good. to Matt. There we go. Did you, do you understand what was going on there, Jesse? Yeah, that's yeah. That's the yeah, first I step. Follow. Okay, cool. There we go. Here's the second one. This one might require a bit of geographical knowledge for you. (laughs) A young woman with the ability to rewind time returns to her hometown located on an an eastern peninsula of Scotland. I feel like Matt has the game. I know the game, yeah. Do you know the game, Jesse? A young woman with the ability to rewind time returns home. To a t- to a town, I say a town, t- to an eastern peninsula of Scotland. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh. How how good is your Scottish geography? Fucking dog shite, mate. <laughs> if we've got <sighs> what, what's oh, the game, Matt? Is it? Oh, go on. It's I know it's life is strange, isn't it? It is life is to strange. Which, it's it, it's life, isn't it? Is the word that you've changed. It may be. Yeah. <laughs> and I've changed Fuck. one letter it's in on that the, four letter on word. The, it's on um, the tip of my tongue. It's, it's more entertaining to watch Matt figure this out, as I know I have oh, no chance. A four-letter Scottish place. I know, one I know. And I can, it's, like, it's like I can hear it in my head, but I can't figure out which one it is. Uh, I, I'm so sorry to anybody from Scotland, but I've never been to what looks like an absolutely beautiful country, so mm. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> Um, oh, maybe it's five it, football would. It is five. Five is strange. Five is there strange. Yeah. Five. Ever, ever heard of five, Jesse? No. To be fair, it's probably one unless you watch like Soccer Saturday and see East Five have scored. All right. It's well, probably, that, you know, football isn't... links into geography a lot, doesn't it? So that's true. It's fine. It's fine. It's two nil to Matt with a with a helping hand, but that's fine. You've still got time though. Three more to go if you get all three. Oh, great! That's go. gonna happen, isn't it? <laughs> Here's the next game. Here's the picture it, the blurb. There are no apples left on earth. Desperately desperately searching for some to ferment, groups of three must loot and shoot their way around Enoch to find some more. Okay. I must Um, know this game. I think Matt's got the game. I think I've got it. I've fucking forgotten the name of the game. <laughs> oh, oh no, he's forgotten the name what, of the game what? that came out this yeah. year. This that year that we played a lot of that I decided I didn't like. 
I've tried what to purge the, it from my memory. A, Wait, um, a we... loot shooter, a three-player loot and shooter that came out this year. Jesse. Wait, did we this all year. play it? I think you might have played okay. it for a little... Yeah, you did play it for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you did. Oh. Is it Outsiders? What? Yeah, so it's, it's Outsider with a C. Outsider, yes, yeah, yeah. So yes, it's Outriders. The apples ferment the right. cider. Yes. Oh, outsider. Outsider, Fuck. there we go. They, they were on Enoch to try and make cider yeah, again. Yeah, I that deliberately is, forgot is... about that name since I checked back on my save yesterday and my character's still dead, so... I have still not got your inventory nope. restored on Outriders. I don't give a shit yeah. about that game anymore, man. Never, that's yeah, gone. That's, that's come and gone, <laughs> unfortunately. It's 3-0 to Matt. Come on, let's not make it... A clean sweep, Jesse. It is hundred percent going to happen, man. <laughs> There's two more. Come on. All right. Okay. Right here we go. Aloe vera, lavender, <laughs> and sandalwood supplies are at an all-time low. People need to keep clean, but also want to smell good. Travel to the lentil region to find the nicest scented monster and gather their fragrance. Oh, have we got what this could be? Have got... I have like two games in mind of what it could potentially be. Oh, I'll, I'll just repeat that for anyone who didn't. Okay. Aloe vera, lavender, and sandalwood. For example, just for examples, supplies are at an all time low. People need to keep clean, but they also want to smell good. Travel the lentil region to find the nicest scented monster and gather their fragrance. <sighs> So what 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 sort of you want it something that could clean you but is scented? Uh, oh, I don't know. The lentil region does that mean anything? That's L E N T A L, not lentils, as in the pulse. Uh, is um, it, uh, it? Can I ask what the game is? So can I try and lock the you game? If you want to confirm first. that, yeah, go on. Monster Hunter Rise. It's absolutely not. No. No. Is it, is it a Pokemon snap? Then? Jesse, there we go. There we go. It's a silent that could be the game is new Pokemon Snap. So but is what it has new it Pokemon Soap? It is new Pokemon oh, Soap. Fuck. I'm there we go. They're trying to find something to replace sandalwood oh. in soap. So they're trying to find I don't know, could a totodile be good smelling? <laughs> what what's the nicest smelling Jigglypuff? No, I don't think What about one of the like the grass ones? There's like Ooh, flower maybe, Pokemon yeah. and shit. Chikorita yeah. might smell quite. Bay leaf. Is there actually one called bay leaf? So, uh, it's up from Chikorita, isn't it? A bay leaf. Yeah. 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 And know. you'd put a bay leaf in a curry, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. well, you yeah, would you wouldn't eat it, though. Don't Pokemon. eat it. No, take them out. Yeah, take them out. Uh, yeah, if I find one of those in there, it's going straight out. Just like cardamom pods. Tastes like soap. Not I accidentally, on accidentally ate a cardamom pod once, oh, like not too long ago, like three months ago. Oh, don't get me started on those devil seeds um right one more oh, I I could have got the other one. you could have you so could disappointed have, with myself you've let yourself down you've come in with an attitude of defeatism and yeah. you've carried I just, through i need to be more positive yeah well, well how about this one here we go one more battle for a post-apocalypse full of robo dinosaurs <laughs> to, sec to secure a prohibited citrus flourish I mean, the game's obvious in it, but is it? Is it? It's one or two, isn't it? Battle for a post-apocalypse full of robo dinosaurs to secure a prohibited citrus flourish. Mm. Well, what do you think the game is, Jesse? I mean, is it? It has to be Horizon Forbidden West. 
Oh, oh it's Horizon that. Forbidden Zest. Oh, shit. There we go. <laughs> Do you know what? I'll give Jesse a point two of a point there for helping out. So he's not going away completely empty-handed, but that does mean it's 4.8 to t- 0.2 to Matt. But, you know, there we go. We all had fun, didn't we? <laughs> Genuinely, the last two. For me, yes. The you were getting, you were getting a handle on it, you know, my, my and it's brain a shame it's come to an end. Too slowly. <laughs> That's fine, uh, but yeah, that was a nice bit oh. of endless search. Uh, as usual, send them in. We're kind of running low. We 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 do keep some in the back pocket though, so keep them coming uh, to ign underscore uk feedback at ign dot com. But for now, let's read some of your feedback. Mm. Right, Matt, I have got one here from Alex Madison, who says, "Hi, lads." hope this email finds you well and that you have all been respecting the sea i have i mean i haven't seen the sea in about 18 months now yes i cannot remember the last time i saw any but i keep it in my heart and mind and keep it respected Mm, exactly uh, I enjoyed hearing Cardi read out the very legitimate sounding tale of woe that we received in the feedback inbox last week. Yeah, we, we haven't heard from Princess Samantha since no. we hoped so, so her what was wicked this about? stepmother. Uh, oh, just listen to a podcast, mate. It was good fun. I talk to you Come guys on. every day. I don't need to listen to you for an <laughs> yes, hour. Yes, you do, because you will learn so much about how to be a better person from listening <sighs> to this podcast. <laughs> Basically, we had an email from Princess Samantha, uh, who's currently being held semi-hostage in Burkina Faso by a wicked stepmother and uncle. <laughs> Um, I thought this was the spam email you got. Was yeah, it yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was oh, a phishing right, okay. email. They want, <laughs> yeah, they want us to like tran- transfer like ten pound fifty or something. I can't remember. What oh, it that's was, not but, a lot. Um, I know it might be worth the risk. But anyway, we haven't heard back from her since. We're hoping she's safe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that email reminded Alex of an email he received a few years back. Mm. It was 2015 or 16. The year eludes me, but I was in the break in the break room at work checking my phone when i happened upon an email that piqued my interest it began with dear value client so i immediately flagged it as a potential scam email and called some colleagues over so i could read it out to them we all giggled at the strangely structured sentences written in broken english as i continued to read the contents aloud something about how they pride themselves with giving people what they need and that there have been a terrible accident which would prevent them from fulfilling the promise It stated that there had been a plane crash over a small mountain village, wiping out many of the occupants of the village and all (laughs) flight staff on board. At this point, we were all astounded at how elaborate this story had become, wondering who would come up with such a bleak story and what their game was. Then I read on, and it said something that stopped me in my tracks. There was an order reference, an item description, and a payment amount listed. This was for an order of controller parts I placed online. They had said that they said that they had refunded me, so I checked my bank account, and there it was. I then googled the village and some keywords. I, I then googled the village and some keywords and found multiple news stories about this crash. Needless to say, I was gobsmacked. The plane carrying my controller parts had legitimately crashed and killed people, and Jesse is laughing his tits off. It's not that funny, is it, Jesse? Come on, stop, stop laughing. Just, this is awful. The setup made me laugh, and then I feel bad, and now I'm just <laughs> laughing, and I can't stop. I'm sorry. Anyway, somewhere amongst the rubble, there could be a small package with my name on it. The thought still haunts me. It haunts him, Jesse. <laughs> oh man, listen, I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's more of like a nervous, like, <laughs> why am I laughing? I can't control it. The guilt that washed over me was extreme, 
I had just spent the last few minutes laughing about the contents of the email, only to realise I'd been laughing at an actual tragedy. Jesse. Turn on the news, Jesse, and just laugh. Do you do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry this doesn't have a happier ending, but hey, that's life, I guess. While respecting the sea is obviously essential, this story reminds us that we must also pay similar respect to the skies. All the best from Alex. You should definitely respect the sky because you never mm. know what's going to fall from it. I mean, could be Chinese rockets. That's a bit be, out of date the these days, but <laughs> it could be. I mean, only today we've had rain, so yeah, you know you never know what's amazing. next. If anything, the sky is more unpredictable than the sea. Mm. Uh, but there's, there's not so many terrors in the sky. That we Lots know of terrors in the sea. No, you don't really have many. I would hesitate to say, whereas you may have many near drowning stories like we've done, you don't, you don't have near many crash stories. Like, if a plane, you either crash or you, or you, you fly safe, like, there's not as many near I mean, crash stories, are there? I don't uh, know. The, there's when Nigel Farage came, came down in, yeah, well, was that, that was a helicopter or? Yeah, well, that was, you know, that was a unfortunate, that was unfortunate. set of experiences. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, could have gone one way, went could the have other gone way. the other. Um, but yeah. Uh, of course, there's Sully, the Tom Hanks film, which is, I mm. think, I believe, about sixty percent nonsense compared to what actually <laughs> happened. But, but you he know, it's did still a land. fun story. He did land the plane, but almost everything after that that happens in the film didn't happen. <laughs> so you know, it's still it's a it's a fun enough film. But yeah, we should respect the skies, Alex. You're very right. Um, yes. Yes. I've got an email here from Khalil who says, Hi boys, loving the podcast. In fact, this is the first time I've written into one of these things. What a time to do it. Anyways, here's a gaming-related question. My first ever console was a Sega Master System back in 1992 when I was a teenager. My first ever game with it was Hang On and Astro Warrior. I don't know Hang On. Uh, Which was two games on one cartridge. Mm. I'm probably showing my old age now. Think you might be, Khalil. I'm sorry. Uh, so my question is: What was your first ever gaming console, and what were your first ever games with it? Keep up the great work. Love the banter, and always look forward to my Friday commute home. Listen to the podcast. As someone who cannot swim, I cannot emphasise enough: respect the sea. Yours sincerely, Khalil from London. Um, my first. It wasn't really my first gaming console, but my dad had an NES when I was like. Mm. I had that. Like, I've got baby pictures of me wrestling with the wires of that when I was like <laughs> months old. So that was the first console I played with, and I just, I remember playing loads of games and that things. So I remember playing like Mario One, Two, Three. I remember really enjoying the Hook game. <laughs> there was a game for Hook, uh, Track and Field. I played a lot. Uh, mm. The Top Gun game. I could never get far in that. That was difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an NES with all sorts of games. Mario Golf, that was a big one. We've got a new Mario Golf coming in a few weeks, and I'm very excited because always got a soft spot for Mario Golf. So I suppose, yeah, the NES. And then I was kind of a... Let's make, this may uh, be a news to you boys. I was kind of a PC boy until I was like 12 or 13. Like I didn't... Even older, actually, probably. More like 14, 15. Like I had a PC. I didn't have a PS1 or an N64 GameCube, any of those. Like my first console... Mm. I went from NES to PS2, so mm. I kind of missed a lot. I had a Game Boy Advance, so yeah. I had handheld. But was that like a family yeah, kind of, PC? Yeah, I played games that like I play PC games. Like I used to play FIFA on PC with a keyboard, which is mad to that me now thinking mad, about that. Yeah, yeah, but I, I could do it. That's why I have all like 
that's why growing up I played all the point and clicks and like have football manager and okay. like I used to play like games like Civ and Cossacks. Do you remember Cossacks? Mm-hmm. I played that a lot. Yeah. That was difficult. Uh, so yeah, I was really PC growing up and then yeah, just always wanted a PlayStation but never had a PlayStation one, just a two. Fair enough. Mm. So yeah. you'd think that mine would be a PC, but it actually wasn't. God, we're in reverse. I know, right? <laughs> um, so my first console was a Sega Mega Drive, the 16-bit version, not the 32-bit version. So it was the one which had got like a big crank on the side and then a big heavy button that was on the left of the console. Um, I had that. My dad bought me that because I wanted to play the Toy Story game. Um, yes. So the Toy Story game wasn't quite out when he got it me. Um, so the first game I think I ever played was... I think it was called Mickey's Magic Castle, like possibly. It was a game where you played as both Mickey Mouse or you could play as Donald Duck, and you got like uh, like a magic cape, and you could. It was two D platformer, very right, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic Disney interactive fair. Like that might have actually been made by Traveller's Tales. I can't. I remember the Traveller's Tale logo from that point a lot. With the um, remember what it used to be? Was it a little rabbit was it that was on a toadstool oh, with a knapsack or something like that i can't remember classic Sounds. old school mm. um but yeah but so when the toy story game came out i played through all of that and then basically didn't play games for years <laughs> i say years for two years it would have been because that came out when i was in year two it felt a long time but yeah i yeah. wasn't hugely into games early in my childhood I used to like action figures a lot more and mm. watching films and stuff like that and then my dad got us a PC when I was in year four. Um, and I had Toy Story Activity Center on that. And then <laughs> uh, then I got into Creatures, if you remember the Creatures games. Yeah, they were yeah, made, yeah, Creatures. They were made by Cambridge, like a lab in Cambridge as an AI yeah. experiment that then it became a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad got me into, my dad bought me the Monkey Island games and I got massively into point and clicks. And then, yeah, I wouldn't have an actual console until the PlayStation 2 came out. There we go. We're we're, we're not too far away from being kindred spirits. You knew that, mm. Jesse. What sordid youth did you have playing horror games at the age of four? <laughs> uh, that didn't exactly happen. Like my first um, system, and like overall, it was just like you know a family console. Was um, the N sixty four. My first ever memory of a game is walking into my living room and seeing my um, older brother play Ocarina of Time for the. And I thought he was like watching a cartoon or something, and I distinctly remember seeing Ectron. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I didn't say that obviously because I was tiny, um, but I, it was just amazing. I remember. I can imagine that. <laughs> I think it was like maybe the next Christmas after my mum and I went to Woolworths, I think, and N sixty four games. They came in like cardboard mm-hmm. like boxes, right? And I with I remember, reds around the edge. Yeah, and I remember getting Pokemon Snap, <laughs> Duke Nukem sixty four. <laughs> Um, and GoldenEye I think and that was like the first ever system we had as a console and stuff Um, but you mentioned the first horror game I think that was on the Playstation 2 and that might have been I think it's called Ghost Hunter I think that was the first Playstation I think that was the first horror game I ever played and it was genuinely terrifying played it a year ago and it was complete shit Um, yeah the N64 is the first console I played and I still have my OG N64 to this very day somehow still alive there we go isn't that lovely uh isn't it fun to look back because who knows what's in the future you know you can always pick the good things out of the past because you never know what's coming up could be all bad that's how i look at life Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Jesse, we've got one more piece of feedback, which yeah. is something we can all look forward to. Exactly. Um, this is from Jeff Smith. He says, what's up, boys? Now that um, we're in June, I'm officially pumped as fuck for E3. <laughs> Who as isn't, mu- Jeff? I know. As much as people are saying to temper your expectations because of the pandemic and yada, 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 I can't help it. I have a problem. I love getting hype and excited for video games uh, press co- I love getting excited for video game press conferences. There we go. I've been that way since I was a boy. My question to the lads is what's one announcement that officially hasn't come out that you, that would blow your conkers straight off? Ooh. Mine would be a remake of Simpsons Hit and Run getting announced at Summer Games Fest by Saber Interactive, a gem from my childhood. Keep up the good that work. That is bizarrely specific. Uh, I mean, that is a banging game. That was like my first I mean, GTA. Yeah, I, I would love to play Simpsons Hit and Run again or dare I say even some sort of sequel some sort of bigger version of it but getting remade by Saber Interactive and being shown at Summer Games that is bizarrely specific so if that happens Jeff I've got questions Yeah, Uh, I did look into this to see if this rumour actually existed and I couldn't find it so it is just Jeff you have clearly a love for the developers of world war z and let's summer games fest is let's let's make that i mean we haven't had a good simpsons game in like years so just i mean i assume people do still watch it quite a bit and i'm out of touch but but Mm. you know it's not at its peak anymore is it but then they still make it so people must still watch it uh if there is a clamoring for i mean there'll still be people who want to play a new simpsons game but i'd happily just if you just re-released here and run i'd play again i I love that game i could probably what yeah. are some things that would oh. blow your mind if it were know. to be announced? I'm, I'm going to have like one realistic one, and well, one something we know's coming and I want to see, uh, and so maybe just out there. But this is going to be this is a very personal one for me. Uh, I want to see the War for Rakanda expansion for Marvel's oh, Avengers. God, no, 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 bear with me for this because I want it to look, it's more me hoping, this is out of hope, that it looks amazing and it's like six hours of story content and it looks like beautiful and it gets that game going again because I want to love that game so much, Matt. In they this, in this expansion, me. have they stripped the loot system out of it? Because I don't. That's know. gotta go. <laughs> I am like genuinely disappointed. Like that sounds like the perfect game to me, and then it came out, yeah. and I was like, "This is far from it, man." Mm-hmm. But, well, linked to my other one would be there are these rumors swirling around that have been for a while now that Idos Montreal making a Guardians of the Galaxy game, which mm. is I'm intrigued by that. I want to know what sort of game that is. Like, uh, like yeah, are there be, any rumors as to? Yeah, like what kind of game it is? Thing. Yeah, like I just want a campaign game. I yeah. don't know if that's what we'll get. I... I'd, if they were going to do that, I'd like it a campaign game, but it's four player co op. So like yeah, one yeah. person mm-hmm. can be Drax, one can be Star Lord, one can be Gamora, one can be yeah. like grouped with Rocket on his back yeah. or something. More like, that. like yeah, more like what Gotham Knights or mm-hmm. Suicide Squad seems to be, or even more. So do you know, what? a lot of games recently, these looter shooters have come out, and I've. It's, it's made me appreciate the Borderlands games a lot more because they mm. don't. Well, I have don't those want the issues. loot. I'm so no, done with loot. I don't need yeah, the loot. Same. But the way that Borderlands do a co-op campaign, I think, mm-hmm. is generally quite good. Like you do a big old story together. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the way they do that is very good. And I want. Yeah, if it was that sort of thing, but Guardians, maybe. I, yeah, I'm. I'm just. Yeah, I, I'm I, just intrigued. I would. I would want just like a linear kind of fun co-op game. Like if it was, it takes two, but Guardians and just fun <laughs> and long, then. I'll be fucking happy. Mm-hmm. And another one, uh, just 
please tell us when Lego Star Wars, the Star Wars saga is coming <laughs> out. I want to play so that game good, so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Matt? Um, the kind of thing that would just blow my conker straight off, as Jeff points <laughs> it. Like, and, th- and this just isn't going to happen, but if they were like, Final Fantasy VII Remake has done so well, you're going to get, we're going to show you Final Fantasy Remake Part 2, which you know is coming, but we're also going to remake Final Fantasy VIII. Like, that would mm-hmm. be fucking massive for me. But that's never going to happen. Is um, Final Fantasy VIII like a, a big fan favourite? Because I know no, that's seven no, is the... No, that's, okay. that's it. That's the reason why it's... <laughs> it's the game that really could have done with a remake more than seven because yeah. it's it's got such potential, but it doesn't quite come across properly in the original version. But yeah. that world would look incredible and those characters are amazing. Like, it's a brilliant story. It's just that not everything fits together properly. It could have done with just a... A, another pass on that draft just to make the story elements work together better and also mm-hmm. the mechanics are a bit obscure um, okay. in that one and like a new pass where it was made better would be great and also you've got guns that are swords in that game why wouldn't you want to play it again yeah um but that would be amazing we're not going to get it um there's this big rumor that there's like a soul style final fantasy game if that's real i'd be into that I want to see there how there've been Final Fantasy fighting games before and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's been like, um, like there's the, the Dissidia games, which are kind yeah. of like, I suppose, slightly Tekkenish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see what Final Fantasy is like done in different genres. I can't see how a Soulsy style game fits with Final Fantasy, but I, yeah. if that thing is real, I'm fascinated to know it's what that of, is. A lot of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah, but my main thing that I want to see is like whatever Arcane uh, Austin are working on like if they are part of the Bethesda show this year I've like I thought long and hard about what might be at Bethesda it's definitely not Elder Scrolls because we know they've got to get Starfield out of the way first Um, it still feels like we might get a teaser trailer for Starfield I don't think we're going to see that game this year yeah I I do think think we might get a new Fallout I think really not necessarily Fallout 5 but like a more new Vegas what if Arcane Austin are making a Fallout spinoff no no (laughs) No, you fool! No, no. no. <laughs> um, and sorry, I had one more that was before we move on to Jesse's. That's just I'm more intrigued. I want to see. I want to know what the hell Ken Levine has been doing since Bioshock. Mm. Like, he hasn't played a Bioshock surely he's got game. something interesting. Surely yeah. he's doing something. Do you think though, Ken would be? Do you think he's going to have teamed up with a big publisher that would bring it to E3? Yeah, I don't know. I because he's like, not 2K anymore, right? Because I think not, there's a chance. 2K are there this year. We know that, I think. Mm-hmm. But, like, is the... We know there's this new Bioshock in development. Like, that's kind of become yeah, an open enough secret. Him, no, it's not it? him, yeah. yeah. I'd be interested to see that. I'd be... Yeah, speaking of 2K, like, I want to see how much different GTA Five is going to look on PS5. Mm-hmm. Like, how much of a new experience it is. And... Yeah, just talk about Ken Levine. I could see Ken Levine just turning up at, like, Microsoft show. I could see him turning up at Keeley's. I get this impression, you know, that Ken yeah, like wants to be out of the studio system because I can only imagine that whatever Ken Levine would make next would be bonkers, and therefore, yeah. like, he'd have to do it on his own dime, which he's probably got enough of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see him turning up at something like Keeley. If that happens this year, I will probably lose my shit. <laughs> yeah, I won't. it's been what? How many was Bioshock Infinite? Was what eight years ago now? Something it's 2013, like 20, 2013 yeah yeah God, i just want yeah please just show me <laughs> uh jesse what do you want apart from um, star wars and resident evil 
Well, I mean, it's related to horror, obviously, and it's just it's just Silent Hill. Like, mm. I never anything got a chance. Silent Hill. Literally, anything. just anything Silent Hill. I didn't get a chance to play Silent Hills. Um, I didn't have a PS4 back when that was out and stuff. Um, and I'm like relatively new just to the Silent Hill franchise. I always loved Resident Evil growing up, but it was only like maybe four or five years ago when I actually played through all the Silent Hill games. And you know, I've been that's for like wow, these are absolutely amazing, especially the uh, Silent Hill one, two, and three. Like for me, Silent Hill has been dead since 2004 with Silent Hill four because all the other games, Origins, Homecoming, um, Downpour, they've just all just they are not good horror games. And for to, people like the one that was, wasn't it Sam Barlow did one of them. Was that Shattered Memories on the Wii? Yeah, yeah, that's that, the one that's that got the psychology That had a mixed reception test, because right? it had like a retelling of Silent Hill one, and people were a bit right. iffy with that because you know everyone loves that, but I, I, I don't know. I want to see a new Silent Hill. I don't know whether or not I would want to, if I'd want to see a reboot or like a sequel or just even a remake. I'm, I'm not too sure. But just having a Silent Hill game with you know current gen PS5, like the tech we have now for an actual horror game would just be amazing. You know, if it wasn't constrained by you know the past generations of consoles and stuff, just to have a proper exclusive horror game you know done by like a, a fantastic japanese development studio just that we haven't seen that in years we'll and then see what kojima's doing next do you think it'll be silent hill what is he doing next we don't know that's the oh. thing see that's oh. the thing like there's so many variables in there because kojima I honestly obviously wouldn't is want a... him to do a horror game to be honest because yeah, i think he could do an incredible horror game like if there's one thing i like about kojima's stuff is just the creepiness of everything he does. I want to like a shout out here to uh, one of my favorite podcasts, which is the Back Page. Recently, did a um, uh, an episode where the two hosts decided what, if they were publishers, what uh, companies mm-hmm. they'd own and what E3 show they'd do. And uh, Samuel Roberts said Kojima would be one of his companies, Kojima Productions, because yeah. he wants him to do a stealth horror game. That sounds my bag. Like, mm. Kojima doing a stealth horror. Yes, please. That's what I was hoping Death Stranding would be before, you know, all the information, mm-hmm. like, before I actually came out. I just kind of wanted, like, oh, like a linear, a somewhat linear, just horror stealth game. That would have been fantastic. But, yeah, we haven't mm. seen Silent Hill properly in years. Like, the latest one was, like, what, a pachinko machine? But Konami have recently been doing a few things, like uh, Heather from Silent Hill 3 was in Death by Daylight and stuff. So they're slowly starting to roll out some Silent Hill stuff. And hopefully this I'm, is leading to a I'm, new game. I'm crossing my fingers for you, Jesse, because I, I, I want it to happen for you. And I, I mean, think- I, I don't just want horror just to be Resident Evil as, like, you know, mm-hmm. the big thing. Because as much as I love Resident Evil, that is a completely different style of horror to what Silent Hill offers yeah. and stuff. But, um, like, I guess my dream, like, my silly pick for a game would be, like, seeing, uh, like, the Time Crisis trilogy in VR or something because <laughs> i want to like i genuinely love light gun games and they kind of died with the wii really and like vr to me is like the perfect platform to revive those like give me like time crisis give me virtual cop give me house of the dead in vr that would be perfect that's what um pistol whip is isn't it really that's a light gun game in vr yeah but it's like a some music one as well yeah. like I, run, mm-hmm. I love rhythm games as well but just, just fucking give me either Silent Hill or Forbidden Siren, and I'll be the happiest lad alive. There we go. I should preface this. I have absolutely no information on if there is a new Silent Hill. I know nothing about it. But I have a feeling, Jesse. I have a feeling for you in the next couple of weeks. You've, you've we'll had feelings all day. That's yeah. all I you've have been feelings. all day. I've got feelings. <laughs> I've always got feelings. I'm, I, I'm a very feelingful person. I, I am concerned, though, that like after how the medium 
played and stuff because there were rumors flying around that Bloober team might be doing like a new Silent Hill game mm-hmm. and like they ventured into horror quite a few times and I just don't think they've ever been strong enough to pull off a Silent Hill experience especially after the medium like oh, I don't know man it's just concerning mm-hmm. I think if I think if Konami is going to do anything because obviously they've been dormant essentially yeah. like they've been dormant I think in the era of remakes it would be a um, Metal Gear Solid remake and a Silent Hill 2 remake. I could see them doing that because it's yeah. sort of easy money on the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Resident Evil could like come from the brink with like Resident Evil 5 and 6, which are like, you know, they're fun cop games, but as Resident Evil, as horror games, they're kind of not great. Like, if Resident Evil can come back so strong with, you know, a few remakes and, you know, Village, which is fantastic, Konami have to have a team somewhere that could just nail down a Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hill remake, it it would print cash instantly. Like, just fucking do it, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, that was a fun time. I'm hopeful for you. Like I said, I'm feeling it for you. Let's get Silent Hill made by Ken Levine. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd play uh, it. Yeah. Uh, cool. That was a good, fun episode. I feel like we've got to play Bo Burnham's Jeffrey Bezos song on the way out here, I think. That's the only way to do it. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys. I think next Friday, well, it's E3 starts next Friday, so mm. we'll probably do it. Maybe we'll have different people next week. We'll talk more about what people would like to see and then how wrong we'll all be. So that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ratchet and Clank's out next Friday, so we can hopefully talk a bit about that and hopefully mm. it's a good game. And yeah, we'll have a lovely time. Until Goodbye, then. everyone. Goodbye. See ya. you now Zuckerberg and Gates and Buffett amateurs can fucking suck it fuck their wives drink their blood come on Jeff 